Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode, Internet Hour episode 140. That never works out. I always say welcome back to Internet Hour. It's episode whatever it is, but I don't know. I'm all jumbled today, so hopefully this goes well. But I wanted to start out by saying a lot of people have been messaging me on Instagram on my Internet Hour account and saying that they are not able to click on the polls. And I can tell you that nothing makes me sadder. I am so upset. I'm like thinking about Internet Hour crumbling before my eyes because a stupid fucking Instagram feature can't do what it says it's supposed to do. And I don't even have any hope at all of contacting Instagram customer service, meta, Facebook customer service, because I dealt with them before when I was freelancing and doing campaign management on Facebook and Instagram. And they were god awful. And they just, it made me want to rip my hair out. I literally stopped freelancing because it was too much to handle as a lone person and not having a boss to be like, hi, Facebook isn't working. Can you figure it out? And like having to figure it out myself. It was truly torture. So I just, I don't even care to engage with them because I know they're not going to help me and they're probably going to be like, oh, it's a use case thing. Like, so I don't know if that's been happening to you. Don't give up on me somehow. I think it'll get better eventually. I have no fucking idea, but I just, it makes me really sad because this is my, this is my thing. This is like what I enjoy doing. And I found myself not posting on internet hour because I was like, what's even the point if people can't play, but some people can play. I don't know. I just, I totally get the, when something's level of frustration outweighs the joy that it brings you, you just stop doing it. And when you stop doing it, it stops appearing in your algorithm. And why would you seek something out that like is kind of annoying sometimes? So I totally get it. And I don't know, just keep your keep your thoughts up for Internet Hour because she needs it. <laughs> um, what else? This weekend I had a full, full weekend. It was a little bit nuts. I can't lie. My lower back is really feeling it. I'm like I like can't, I mean, I can bend over and I, I'm going to be fine, but it's really, she's like sitting in there. These two discs are really just like in there. Not right, right now, but they'll get better. I'll stretch and I'll ice and I'll heat and it'll be fine. But it was kind of hard to sleep last night. So I don't know, but I, I kind of know exactly what happened. I had quite an extensive few nights in a row. I'll just say Wednesday of last week, I had my work not holiday party, but it was kind of a holiday happy hour for my department. And that was great. I was one of the last people there, not in a creepy, weird way. I was like talking to people and we just so happened to sit there until 1130 until it was kind of dwindling. And that's always fun because at the end you get to see who's like still there and everyone's kind of inebriated. So you get the very fun version of people, not that people aren't fun in real life, but that was basically the start to a really long weekend. And then Thursday, I went to a wedding. One of Aquatil's childhood friends got married in New Jersey. And that was nuts, of course. Like, lots of drinking, open bar, lots of eating, standing on my heels, a lot of dancing, like a lot of dancing. I didn't know that many people at the wedding. So I was like, let me hit the dance floor because you don't have to make like awkward small talk and you don't have to stand around with people you don't know, even though that's fun sometimes, obviously, and I'm down to meet people. But I was on the dance floor. I was dancing my tush off and it was really, really fun. But I definitely felt it the next day. We stayed in a hotel. The hotel was really nice. They had a king bed, which I mean, they didn't have one. We selected the room with the king bed and they had it for us to select. But I fucking love a king bed. It's so big. You can sprawl out doing whatever you want. Maybe it's hotel sheets are so fresh. Their pillows are so fresh. I don't know. It just felt really nice. And then Friday I woke up, was not feeling it. There was a work situation that was kind of frustrating and that I took Friday off, but I had to log on anyway because there was a whole debacle that I had to deal with. So it's just when you're working in sales advertising, it's exhausting. But that was fine. And then Friday night, I went and had like a little girls night and we were drinking and having fun. It wasn't such a late night, but it was still still contributed to 
a lot, having a lot going on. And then Saturday, um, I had a white elephant party and that was really fun. I drank a lot. I didn't eat a ton. I prepped all day Saturday because I was hosting it. I made a fuck ton of food. I prepared very cute setups. I guess I'll put it that way. I made some ice with cranberries in it. I tied some bows around some glasses and it was really fucking cute. And I was really proud of myself. And I think everyone had a really good time. I was exhausted by Sunday and luckily it was raining on Sunday. It was pouring all day. So it was very much a day that forces you to be inside. And I was totally okay with that. I was a huge loaf all day. I don't think I did one thing. I mean, I cleaned a little bit. That's the thing about having a party is you have to fucking clean up which is fine. I don't mind cleaning all the time, but that when you're so exhausted, I was kind of like, fuck, I got to clean. Cleaned a little bit, loafed most of the day. Don't even remember really what I watched. Probably a lot of Ink Master, maybe a Christmas movie or two. And then that was my weekend. And it was really exhausting, overwhelming, but it was so much fun. It was really amazing. I think my footwear on Friday night is what did me in. I wore these boots with heels on them, which aren't painful at face value, but I I bet that the way that I'm standing and riding the train and, and all of that is crunching my little back spine together. And so now she's really bearing quite a big load these days. <laughs> okay, ew. But also on Thursday for this wedding, I was wearing a dress that I wore for New Year's last year. It's this tight purple velvet dress. It is a fabulous dress. I feel very good in it, but it is skin tight. And so the whole time naturally because of the patriarchy, I'm sucking in because I'm feeling self-conscious. And I think I woke up the next day and my abs hurt so bad, but I do think that saved my back when you like clench your abs or when you engage your core, sorry, your back, it takes the less pressure off your back to do a lot of the heavy lifting. And yeah, anyway, I'm feeling very about my body lately and about my style and about my skin. And it's just like such a bummer, but I'm trying to get out of it. I'm trying to like self-love my myself back to wholeness for for now. Although I know, of course, it's holiday season. And I heard a woman even today say, oh, I'm going to eat so much now. And then in the new year, I'm going to start and get it together. And it's exhausting that we have to think that way, because I bet men aren't thinking that way. They're just excited that it's the holidays and they get to eat a lot of snacks. And they're not worried about losing weight, although maybe they are. And that's insensitive of me to think that they're not concerned about their bodies. But I'm just feeling extra self-conscious lately. Not self-conscious for how other people are seeing me. I think I actually have an okay grasp on the fact that other people see me differently than I see myself and that I'm seeing myself in a really negative light. And I have to stop that. I have to kick that. So if you're feeling that too, don't worry. (laughs) I mean, do worry. Let's worry for all of us, but fuck. Okay. Anyway, into some topics for the week. And then Hopefully, I'm going to do some 2024 pop culture predictions that I've seen online that I just think are funny to talk about. Okay, the first note I have here is a kind of theme for next year that I think we're going to see a lot come from. And it's a theme that'll be in the next 20 years because in astrology, Pluto, the outermost planet that in astrology they still count as a planet, the the tiny little guy out there who is the planet of regeneration, transformation, and rebirth. It is moving into Aquarius next year. It's been kind of flirting with it, and there's going to be a retrograde where it pops back into Capricorn or appears to, and then it'll be in Aquarius for the next 20 years. And there's been a lot online and on TikTok and in my world about how much that is going to change things. And I think at base, it's that Capricorn is the sign of practicality, determination, diligence, attention, focus, and good with money. They enjoy making things work harder, run better, and grow bigger. Drawn to business, being their own boss, etc. And that's kind of the era that we've been in. We've been focused on money and finances and expansions in those ways and systems and government and governing and like determination and they're goats. So it's persistence. It's like 
let's keep trucking towards where we're going. And Aquarius has more qualities of advancement, self-reliance, it's clever, can be optimistic, rebellious, eccentric, spontaneous, original, forward-thinking, innovative, scientifically minded, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like it's evident in the way that the world has been going with open AI and chat GPT and almost a spirituality. I think there's going to be, a, I mean, not just I think, but I've seen a bunch of people who are smarter than me think that the next 20 years are going to be much more innovative, forward-thinking, even humanitarian and and spiritual. A woman yesterday said it's a time when we're going to potentially become disconnected from the in-person life that we've we've been accustomed to, not in a bad way or a good way. And because of that disconnection, we might seek connection in other ways involving spirituality and higher purposes and larger thoughts and, and ideals than the focus on money and governing and transactions, which I'm really excited for. And I think next year, I think it moves into Aquarius around April, maybe earlier. So I think we're going to start to see a lot of those changes. And I know that I'm feeling very overwhelmed by the amount of time I spend on my phone. And I feel like that's a popular opinion or a popular thought among my generation, younger, older, etc. And I think I need to strike a balance at some point because it's becoming or it is an addiction 100%. And there's that TikTok thing, theory, whatever, where it says, we used to have three places like home, friends, and the mall, say. I don't know. And now we have home, friends, and the phone. So as a society or as a generation, we don't have a third place that's a physical place, but now it's in the phone. And that makes me nervous. It makes me nervous that on Sunday, I probably was on my phone for seven hours of the day watching TikToks on Twitter and just flipping through and not one, maybe not connecting with people in meaningful ways, and two, maybe not reading and stuff. I don't know. If you're feeling that way, let me know, and maybe we can commiserate together and figure out how to curtail it a bit. I don't know. Okay, last note on Pluto moving into Aquarius. The last time that Pluto was in Aquarius was in the 1770s. So we all know what happened. America was created out of the ashes of a colonial state into a new colonial state known as America. And not that that's a reflection of what's going to happen in the next 20 years, but there will be, I think, some sort of rebirth and reorientation of governing in a way that's more hopefully equitable and more of a reflection of the generations that have existed and do exist with technology and global communication and reach and and being able to witness life on this larger scale in the phone. And then hopefully people will rise and come into office accordingly, right? Like we can't just keep going with these fucking 80-year-old presidents, right? I don't know. Is that a crazy thing to say? I don't think so. I think we're all thinking it. Where are the younger people who are interested in government and I mean, when I say young people, I mean like 60. I mean, I really mean 35, 40, 45. Let's get some fresh ideas going. But just not 80, man. Go retire. Like, do your thing. Go to the beach. Anyway. Okay. My next note for a pop culture thing Bachelor in Paradise ended last week, as did The Golden Bachelor. Here's a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. I am very intrigued by the rage in Bachelor accounts comments that say, like, this is a spoiler when the episode aired almost 24 hours prior. When is it acceptable to post things that are spoilers, if not after the thing that is being spoiled by its existence happens, you know? Don't you only need a spoiler alert if it's giving away the ending that no one knows in a way? I don't know. It's just funny to see for 
for instance, Bachelor Data, which is one of my favorite Bachelor accounts, they post, they wait to post 23 hours after the finale. And there's still people in their comments saying, spoiler alert, hello, you fucking bitch. Like, it gets crazy out there. And then she responds to the comments and she says, dude, we waited 23 hours and we sacrificed a lot of engagement and algorithmic clout just so we don't spoil it for dumb people like you. Just kidding. Sorry. Not dumb, but outraged people like you. And I'm sure they do lose a shit ton of engagement by not posting right after the finale airs when everyone's really interested in it. So just weird. But spoiler alert, if you still haven't watched it, Gary picked Teresa from New Jersey, and they are having a televised wedding at some point in January. And they're moving to South Carolina or North Carolina together, which is interesting. He's from Indiana and she's from New Jersey. And they both said that they probably weren't open to moving away from their families, but it appears they're down to move pretty far away from their families, which I'm into. If neither of them are actually tied down and have the freedom and money to fly wherever they want, whenever they want to see their children, I think it's great. And they seem really happy they are calling each other the loves of their life. And for some reason, when 70-year-olds do it, it just hits really differently. Also because they know a deep and lasting love already, or at least they know love over a long period of time. Sorry, I was trying to like avoid throwing shade at Leslie, which was something that during the after the final rose, people were very critical of Gary because they said that he said Teresa, when during the overnights, he realized he wanted to choose her because she knows how to nurture and maintain a really long lasting relationship. And people were saying that he meant that as shade to Leslie, who has not had a lasting relationship, but has had a few relationships over the course of her life. And none clearly have worked out. But Teresa, who was married for a bunch of years, and only is not still in the relationship because her husband passed away, maybe is a better fit. I don't know. I didn't get that sense, but a lot of people on Twitter did, so maybe I'm wrong. I just got the sense that he was genuinely saying that about Teresa, saying she has qualities that can, well, I guess how would that not be shade, you know? But I don't, I don't know. I don't think he meant it intentionally shady, but I guess is unintentional shade almost worse maybe anyway I think it's I think they're they have good chemistry qualities and they're into each other so I'm happy for them I do wonder if there will be golden bachelorette I feel like obviously based on ratings and how well golden bachelor was received they will have a golden bachelorette I'll put my money on Joan for now she had to go home early because her daughter was struggling with some postpartum struggles and she just had to be there for her. But she was fabulous and funny. And I feel like the edit was kind of setting her up to be the next Bachelorette, but I have no idea. And also I'm just concerned, how are they gonna find 25 men who are anything compared to these women? I have no idea because these women are pure and amazing. And I just don't know if the men that would, the old men that would sign up for a Golden Bachelorette would be pure and amazing as well. But maybe they would. Maybe you get sweeter with age. I have no idea. Okay, but anyway, Bachelor in Paradise finale aired after that. And I will be honest, I didn't watch the finale. I kind of fell off. Three hours of Bachelor on a Thursday is just simply too much sometimes. I wish they would make them either both one hour or both an hour and a half. Two hours of Bachelor in Paradise just seemed like too much. And as the season went on and we kind of realized none of these couples are long haul couples, or I was getting that sense, that I just wasn't invested to watch two fucking hours. And I I knew I was going to see the results on social media. So it didn't really matter that much. And any results I did, like, I just, I wasn't invested, honestly. But the one thing, well, before I say this, the three couples who came out of Bachelor in Paradise are Kat and John Henry, which, lol, a joke, just because they didn't get enough time together. And he, she's so obviously, she's gives Black Cat vibes and he gives, like, schnauzer vibes. <laughs> That's so mean. But they just weren't compatible in my eyes. 
Eliza and Aaron B, they came out of it engaged, apparently. I just didn't get the sense that they were going to last either. She was very scarred by the previous season of Bachelor in Paradise, where she was in a love triangle and basically bungled it, like fucked it all up and lost both people. And she came back this time very conscious not to do the same thing. So I think she just held on for dear life to Aaron B and was thinking, I'll ride out the season with him just so people don't hate me. And I kind of like him. So we'll see if it can work. I don't want to not give her credit if she she did like him because I don't know. But it just didn't seem to me like they were in it forever, forever. And I know they would all say that you only see like a couple hours a week. But it's, yeah, I do only see a couple hours a week and that's what I'm going off of. So I do have, you know, we have a right as viewers to feel some type of way about stuff. Right? Right? I don't know. And last but not least, apparently Kylie and Avon left Paradise together, but they were not engaged. And he said to her, she wanted to get engaged. And he said, no, can we just leave as boyfriend and girlfriend? And apparently there was a lot of, not begging, but a lot of pleading, I guess, where he said, I promise, I promise, I promise we can make it work. I just am not ready to get engaged. And following the end of filming of Bachelor in Paradise, which was had to be in June or July, they apparently have been together the whole time, which is amazing and great. Cool. We love a success story. And right after the finale, maybe a day or two after the finale, they both posted on Instagram, very excited that they were moving in together. And it looked like into this beautiful apartment. So all was kind of jolly there. And we we kind of expected that from them because they had a very successful season where they were the boring couple who was just in love. And quite literally the next day, 24 hours later, Kylie posted on her Instagram story saying, thank God, my God, that he let me see that Avon is a dirty, lying cheater. No, she didn't post that, obviously. But she did say, basically, Avon's been cheating on me. I found out. We are no longer together. And then he posted a few hours later an apology story and said, due to my actions, my infidelity, we are no longer together. And I'm sorry to Kylie, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then deactivated his Instagram and his Twitter, which is not funny. Obviously, they're both fucking going through it if they've been together for the last five months. And all of a sudden, right after this amazing finale where they're feeling good and happy, it all comes crashing down. It must feel horrible and it must be heart-wrenching for Kylie specifically. And for Avon, what the fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with men? What is wrong? Just maybe don't, don't cheat. Maybe like try to keep it in your fucking pants or break up with the girl and cheat on her or and then sleep with people while you're single. I just, I don't know, to hurt someone so deeply and to be so stupid that you don't think that cheating on your girlfriend who you very publicly are courting on a television show, even though it was a couple months ago, the fact that you don't think that that's going to get out or get back to her and that the minute the finale airs and people see that you and Kylie are together, that these girls aren't going to come out of the woodwork and say, actually, Avon cheated on you. I am one. I feel like there's two things, two reasons that women tell other women, both completely valid, and I'm so down for both. One is if Avon did them dirty, that's a way to get him back. Say, bitch, you're a cheater. I'm going to tell your current girlfriend so I can blow up your life just like you potentially hurt me and blew up my life. And two, to be a girl's girl, to say, Kylie, you don't want to be with this dude who cheats on you. You don't want to be with any dude who sucks also. So... Both reasons combined are very valid, and I'm proud of those girls for coming forward. And I mean, I don't know if that's how it happened. I did post a poll that asked, do we think the girls told her? Do we think she found evidence? Or do we think he told her? Of course, 0% he told her. Like, let's be real. But a lot of people were saying that she found evidence. I, I don't think so. I think after people saw 
not only that they were together leaving the show, but then they posted together and were together in real life still. The girls then said, okay, this is not going to happen. And I'm glad. Kylie is better for it. She doesn't need to be with this scumbag. So I hope both of them can heal and move on from this. And I hope he maybe becomes a better person. I don't know. But crazy ending to The Bachelor in Paradise season. Not crazy, not crazy, crazy. I mean, not that I expect men to cheat, but I don't know. We were rooting for Avon. And so there's always the guy that you're rooting for, for some reason, always fucks it up. And I wasn't surprised by the other two breaking up. This season was quite the flop in my mind. And we need to make it either longer or figure out a way to keep people around for longer. Maybe the first rose ceremony isn't until two weeks in or something so that you have this real connection to hold on to. And I think they should just make it longer. I guess it's really hard to make it longer because you can't exactly keep people somewhere for six weeks. Like that's kind of quite a long time, but they do that for Bachelor anyway. And if you sign up for it, you sign up for it. So I don't know. But there has to be a way to improve upon the formula, and we should maybe do it. Let's get on the survivor level where we're adding things in over time to make the show better and more fun for both the contestants and the viewer. Okay? Cool. Deal. (laughs) I wonder how you get to work on a show like The Bachelor. I need a new job. Okay. My next note is the Golden Globe nominations came out, which I'm not going to go through them because there are a lot and I don't know a lot of the shit that's nominated. I feel like that's me every year and I always vow I'm going to watch everything next year and I just can't. I don't know why, but there are definitely, I feel like the nominations this year are all shit that I've just been hearing about constantly. There's not a lot There hasn't been a lot, obviously, because of the strike that's come out. And I don't know. I feel like it's slim pickings this year. Let's just say that. But there are some interesting nominations. There is Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour in a new category, which is Biggest Box Office. And I'm wondering if they made that not because of The Eras Tour, obviously, but just because they were they needed a new category and that seemed like I mean I do wonder if it's also for the future of like Marvel movies because Marvel movies don't really win do they I guess Avatar that's not Marvel um Endgame I don't know I feel like they don't win because I don't I don't know that the Golden Globes or the Academy respects performances in superhero movies like that so maybe they Maybe they're trying to get bigger stars and more buzz around the awards shows themselves by adding this category. But there are a lot of nominations, nominees, and you can check that out. No, that's so weak. It's so weak for this podcast. Golden Globe. I'll just go through them. Okay, fine. 2023 or 2024? Okay, yes. Oppenheimer. Wait. This is just all the fucking... No, I need a specific category. Motion picture. No. Wait, motion picture? That just means... Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's movie. (laughs) For some reason, I was like, animated? No. Motion picture. Best motion picture drama. And then they have musical or comedy. Okay, the first... The drama, motion picture... (laughs) Like, what is wrong with my brain? Okay, the best motion picture nominees for drama movie of the year, oh goodness, are Anatomy of the Fall, never saw, Killers of the Flower Moon, didn't see, Maestro, didn't see, Oppenheimer, didn't see, Past Lives, didn't see, The Zone of Interest, didn't see, great, okay, cool, that tracks, I'm not like a drama gal, I almost just said, maybe I'll try to watch them before the award show. Like, shut up. No, you won't. Shut up. Okay. Best motion picture. Motion does not sound like a word. Also, the T-I-O-N being shh is crazy, but we're, we won't go there. Okay. Musical or comedy. Best movie of the year. Air. Okay. That's the Michael Jordan one. 
American Fiction. Okay, I didn't see either of these. Barbie, saw it. Winner. <laughs> the Holdovers, didn't see. May, December, haven't seen. But didn't that just come out? Like, how can you be nominated when it just came out? Okay, Poor Things, didn't see. Cool. Okay, I saw one of those movies, and it's my winner. It's the winner in my book. Okay, yeah, the new category is cinematics, cinematic and box office achievement. Yes, because that'll be a fun Barbie versus Oppenheimer. We, we can extend that. Great. Just kidding. It's fine. Mission Impossible, Spider-Man, Super Mario Bros. movie, Taylor Swift, Eras Tour, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Oh, and John Wick. Yeah, I feel like that's for the public, kind of. They're realizing maybe not everyone is into movies like that or into these movies. Because I'll tell you, I've seen about 10 holiday movies this year. And they were all great. But there's no holiday movie awards, so I will never get my due. Okay, lots of other categories. Best performance by a female actor best performance by a male actor. Wasn't there a world in which they were going to combine those and just do actor in general? Because I'd be down for that. Okay. Lots of people. Annette Benning, Lily Gladstone, Sandra Houllier, Huller, Huller, Greta Lee, Carrie Mulligan, Kaylee Spaney. I'm just going to do Greta Lee. Oh, Priscilla is Kaylee Spaney. I should see Priscilla. LOL. No Hard Feelings, Jennifer Lawrence, Best Performance by a Female Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy. Okay, cool. And as of today, there is still no host for the Golden Globes, and a bunch of people have been turning it down, namely Chris Rock turned it down, which, of course, I don't think he'll host another thing in his goddamn life. And Tina Fey, Amy Poehler turned it down. A few other people turned it down, but I think people are simply not interested in hosting award shows. A lot of pressure. The jokes have to really toe the line these days, I think. So we'll see who it is. I feel like it'll be kind of like an influencer reality adjacent person for some reason. Comedian in that way. I don't know. Okay. Taylor Swift, Time Magazine article. She was the person of the year named by Time Magazine, which was very cool. And I think it was apt in terms of just the amount of news and coverage that she garnered and that we consumed. I mean, I consumed a fuck ton of it. I feel like a lot of people did, even if it was against their will. And a lot of it was fun content to consume. And I think it, I think it's great. I read the article. I really liked it. I think you should read it just to be in, just to know what it, what, a little bit more about her maybe if you don't know anything about her. I mean, I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter. Do whatever you want. But the most notable part, of course, is that she explicitly named Kim Kardashian when she was talking about her the time where she felt canceled and felt like the entire world had turned against her because she had alleged that Kanye West in his song where he said that he slept with Taylor Swift or almost slept with Taylor Swift, whatever, and called her a bitch in the song or just referred to her as a bitch, which I think is different, calling someone a bitch. I mean, regardless, whatever, she did not consent to it and did not like it. And then allegedly Kim Kardashian put out portions of this phone call between them and it was legal because you can record in one state under some jurisdictions I don't know but Kim Kardashian released this tape where allegedly it seems like Taylor Swift is agreeing to the lyric and so she put it out to say that oh Taylor's lying and Taylor Swift in this article says Kim Kardashian put out a doctored tape and everyone canceled me and that was when everyone was putting snake emojis under Taylor Swift's Instagram and the article talks interestingly about how sometimes it doesn't really matter if you are actually canceled in the public eye for because she clearly had a lot of support from her Swifties still. It wasn't as if her entire career was in the can, but that sometimes it can feel to the person in the situation like they're being canceled or it can feel so intense 
that they feel like there's no redemption and there's no path forward for them. And I imagine that feeling is probably pretty intense and horrific if you don't deserve, quote, the vitriol. And nobody deserves it. You know, old tweets and shit. Do you deserve to feel existential dread for a month? No. And it's probably not right. Is it maybe okay that a consequence came? Sure. Also, if you're being canceled for something actually that you should be in jail for, sexual assault, being creepy and sucking as a person, that discomfort or that existential dread that comes with that is very much deserved. So that's not what I'm talking about. But for someone like Taylor Swift, who she didn't do anything, she didn't do anything wrong in the eyes of morals like she didn't break a law or do something really fucked up she felt like the world felt like she was a liar and that they were never going to forgive her for it and that she's a snake and these two really powerful people in Kanye and Kim now everyone who's a fan of them and wasn't a fan of Taylor Swift were taking action online and you know saying that she was a little bitch no I don't know if they were saying that but that's all I could think to like sum up what the vibe was. And I just thought it was interesting that you can definitely feel like it doesn't matter if the world thinks you were actually canceled. If you feel like you were canceled, that's a, that's another conversation, I guess, which is, I don't know. We can have a longer conversation about that at some point, but I don't really, I don't really know. It was a good article. The fact that she name dropped Kim like that just makes me think that obviously there's never going to be a reconciliation on a scale that's that matters. I think Taylor Swift will probably never forgive Kim for releasing that tape. And if it was doctored, doctoring that tape and cutting out a lot of the call. And I don't think she'll forgive Kanye for, you know, the MTV Awards or this this song and this call. And I don't think Kanye really gives a fuck about forgiving her or even thinks about her, honestly. And I think Kim maybe feels bad about it. But I also think by Taylor saying Kim's name so explicitly and bringing this all up again, I don't think there's been an apology behind the scenes. And I think the apology that Kim gave publicly a few years ago in saying that she felt like she had to do it for Kanye and that she maybe shouldn't have or was sorry about it, I think is what she said. That's, I don't know, that that's probably the extent of what we're going to get from that. I, it would be very interesting to see Kim come out and say, that was really fucked up of me. I'm really sorry to Taylor. I'm a huge fan. Can I come to the era store? I don't think that's going to happen, but we shall see. Okay, transitioning slightly from Taylor Swift to Selena Gomez, and the bridge here is that they went out to dinner on Monday night, Sunday night, and that came after Selena Gomez hard-launched her new relationship with Benny Blanco in the comment section of about every Selena Gomez Instagram fan page on earth. And that was a crazy move, but I'm into it. I think actually maybe she launched technically on her story where she posted a picture of them kind of snuggled and posted a picture of her hand with a B ring on it. And then she got all up in these comments. She said, fuck my PR person. If she even has one, she got those Twitter fingers ready. She wasn't on Twitter. She got those Instagram fingers ready and she was commenting back to people to no end and saying, my relationship is awesome. Stop fucking with it. I defend my friends and my fans till the day I die. All of this stuff that is kind of um, the content is not unhinged. Just the way in which she's commenting is a little unhinged. And it seems like she could just let it go and nothing would ever. I mean, she's clearly very hurt. And I don't like to use the word triggered always because I don't know. It's just in some contexts, it's a little, it doesn't feel quite right, but she's clearly affected greatly by these comments and by the internet fodder about her and her relationship to the extent that she'll go on and comment about it. So she confirmed that she's dating Benny Blanco. I'm kind of into the couple. 
I guess, whatever makes her happy, honestly. She did comment back on someone's post and say that she has only dated fuckboys and she's never doing that again. So we'll see how it goes. I will say Benny Blanco was the producer of a couple Justin Bieber songs, so I don't know if that's actually going to affect their relationship or what relationship they have that it will affect it. There's also that Benny Blanco a couple years ago made a comment about celebrities coming into the skincare and makeup game, not coming into as in he's there, but transitioning their name, likeness, whatever, to sell products. And it came out during a time where contextually it could have definitely been a direct reference to Selena Gomez. So hopefully they've cleared that up between them, but maybe they don't need to and maybe they've moved on. Maybe she didn't even see it. But yeah. That was a whole thing. That was really a whole thing. And if you didn't see it, I don't know how. But I want to say the girl needs a PR team, but I guess who cares at this point? Just do your thing, girl. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Lastly, before we get into some 2024 predictions that I've seen online, we have yet another statement from Jada Pinkett Smith saying that the holy slap Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the 2022 Oscars saved her marriage, which could anything save her marriage at this point? I mean, I don't know. I think Will doesn't give a fuck. Clearly, he's down to stay with her forever, too. So she said that she never felt more in love with Will than after the slap, which I just I can't even keep up at this point. So there you have it. Okay. Now I'm going to get into some 2024 predictions that I saw online, random places, Reddit, TikTok, and I just want to list them off. They're not mine, so I can't take credit, but I also didn't source who did come up with them. So if it was you, I'm sorry, but here we go. 2024 predictions. A lot of people are predicting this, including Dumois. Okay. Taylor Swift engagement. I can so see that. I feel like they're on track to be married and live life together. And I would be happy for them. Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel will break up. That's what some people are saying. I can totally see that too. He's trying to have a resurgence and come back and rebrand him, not rebrand himself, but like, but come back into the spotlight. I don't know how you can just like decide that, but it seems like he's deciding that. I think maybe he has new music out or he's doing a tour. I have no idea. But the way that he's been shicey out in these streets, namely, I know, I feel like I've brought it up a couple times in the past few episodes that he was spotted out in New Orleans a couple years ago with that woman and they were holding hands. How dare he? That's so inappropriate. I just feel as though he's making a little bit of a fool of himself. And I love Jessica Biel. So I would be intrigued to see who she would end up with. I don't wish it upon them because a breakup, a divorce in this case would be horrible and they have children, but I can totally see it happening next year. Okay. Tom and Zendaya engagement can totally see it. There's rumors they're already engaged, so that could maybe come out next year. I could see them getting married at some point soon. I would give anything to see her dress and their wedding. Okay, next, Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson date again. I can so see it. I know that's kind of ridiculous because she is allegedly in this relationship with SpongeBob. But he's single and they were really into each other. And I don't know if they broke up because it got really intense because I think he made some comments about Mac Miller or somebody did. I don't know. I just think it got really intense for them and they felt like they had to break up. But I don't know what room they left for reconciliation, obviously. So we shall see. Okay, someone says, Dumois gets sued by someone major and has to shut down her page. I could see this happening, honestly. She posts one wrong thing, and it's not worth it for her to be up anymore. I would be curious to see how that would unfold. I think the only person who could do that at this point would be someone like Beyonce or, yeah, someone with access to... I guess a lot of people have access to really high, important lawyers. but And it would have to be something that was so egregious and defamation-y vibes. Although, is it defamation if it's all alleged? I have no idea. We'll see. Okay, Taylor wins. Taylor Swift wins Artist of the Year, and it causes major backlash. 
can totally see that happening. Okay, next, Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker will break up. I don't think so. I really don't. You never, never know. But I think this is it for her. Taylor Swift will headline Coachella 2024. I can so see this also. I can't quite tell if that's her vibe. She's doing this entire stadium tour. Why would she need to go to Coachella to perform? It's not like that solidifies any type of clout that she doesn't already have. But there is a gap in her schedule, apparently, in April 2024 when Coachella happens. So I can see that. Maybe just something to check off her bucket list. Next, a pop culture reality show phenomenon similar to Jersey Shore will take off like nobody's skyrocket to A-list celebrities quickly. What is that second sentence? Like nobody's, oh, like nobody's, that's what they're called, nobody's, skyrocket to A-list celebrities quickly. Okay, yes. I could see that. I love that for us. I don't know of any show on TV right now. And I guess that's the point, is that it wouldn't be on TV right now because they the nobodies haven't skyrocketed yet. I would be so down for that. Next is Kim starts dating some tech bro or other kind of billionaire. I can see that. We've kind of been into that for her for a while. But at the same time, I don't know if... I mean, I guess that that would be fine. If he was down for the fame of it. Not that... I think she could date someone who didn't want to be famous, but was okay with her level of fame. In fact, that's definitely what she needs. So I'm into it. Okay, next, Kendall Jenner moves to New York. I can see that, her becoming more invested in the New York of it all and moving, making a move to buy some sort of property here, which why wouldn't they, you know? I could also see when the kids grow up, maybe Scott moving to New York. That would be very fun. And he could do his own life. Like, he could be here and be dominating the New York scene. And it would just be good and powerful for him. Okay. Chloe make Chloe Kardashian makes friends with the other baby mama and half-sibling because it fits in with her vibe as the mom one and starts dating a regular guy who's really nice to her. Okay, I like the second half, and I like the first half. I would be really intrigued, interested, curious, glued to my TV if Chloe befriended Marilee Nichols and, I guess, his other, Jordan Craig, that's the other, his other child's mother. I don't know, but that would be amazing. That would be so satisfying, and they could stay. They could all be happy family with Tristan there, but it would be two or three against one, which would be really satisfying. Okay, and they're they're half siblings. They're gonna have to hang out, right? Shouldn't they? Shouldn't you hang out with your half siblings, regardless of what your stupid dad did to make them that way? Yes, the answer is yes. Okay, next, in sync Vegas residency. I can see that. That would be cute. Okay, Harry Styles releases his fourth album. He goes on a U.S. stadium tour. I can also see that. I don't know about the stadium tour, though. I can see him releasing an album and then maybe going on an Eras vibe tour in a couple years, maybe. Okay, next. Sam Asgari will join OnlyFans and find success there. I can see that, and that would be fine. That would be good for him. I'm down. Although, are they divorced yet? Like, what's going on there? Maybe we'll never know. Next, Britney will return to work and date another celebrity. Yeah, I'm down for that. I need to I need to think of what celebrity it could be because that would be interesting. Let's just say that. The next one is very specific, and I don't know how I feel about it. Taika Waititi cheats on Rita Ora with a 24-year-old assistant, but Rita stays with him for six months until divorcing. Lots of stories leaked to the press about healing and forgiveness. Rita posts a lot of thirst traps on Insta. (laughs) I could see this happening. As I was reading it, I was picturing it in my mind. I hope not. I really like them as a couple, and I really like Taika Waititi. I would hope that he's not a cheater. But we'll see. Rita Ora somehow always manages to stay very much at the forefront of the culture somehow, even though I don't really know what she's known for. Even though we do, I've said that so many times, but music and acting maybe. 
Okay, the next one. Margot Robbie amicably splits from her husband. Brad Pitt plants rumors they're dating, but Margot's people shut them down quickly. I love this. I love that it's in-depth. And I love that Brad Pitt would be planting rumors. I I could see them together. I'm down. We'll see. Okay, next is Pete and Kim 2.0. I don't really want this. I think it was a really big, crazy thing that was happening at the time. I don't think he's, I don't think they're right for each other. And she's cited reasons for that. So I'm down to keep rocking with just her and him, like rocking with them separately, seeing what they go about and what they do in life. The last one. Kardashians will launch their kids into kids' businesses more due to their fame decline. I thought this one was interesting because I don't know that I'm getting the vibe that their fame is in decline. I think they'll be this level of famous forever. There are enough of them to have something happening at all times. I think we think of their height, height, height of fame when the Jordan and Tristan stuff went down and all the Tristan stuff with Chloe went down because people just couldn't get enough. It was this voyeurism thing. And I don't, that level of fame, I don't think is achievable on the day-to-day regular stuff. The cheating stuff is not, it's just not, it's not something that they're manufacturing, I don't think. And so it's not happening all the time. I do see many more businesses coming out of them, and I can totally see their kids starting to be involved in things, specifically like North was at Kanye's launch concert for his album Vultures with Ty Dolla Sign, and she was on stage doing her thing, and she has a song in on the album. I do think they're going to start becoming much more involved because at the end of the day, like, they do really only have family who knows what their lives are like. And so it's probably easier to just work with family and monetize this huge thing and not get complicated with contracts and shit like that. So I can totally see that happening. Okay. This was a long one. Um, I hope it was fun for you. It was very fun for me. I hope you have a fabulous week. I hope you're feeling festive and wherever you are, you're drinking hot chocolate (laughs) and or tea or whatever a nice hot drink well actually i just thought of the people who might be listening in florida i hope you have a cold drink i hope you're drinking i hope everyone's drinking something fun and nice but not the panera lemonade just kidding whatever you need to do to have a little fun but stay safe out there okay chaos i love you guys so much i'll talk to you soon goodbye